0: Two, one, roll the
1: footage Welcome back everybody. I'm Simon Severini, your host and today we talk crypto investments in the age of autonomy and as you know, crypto is everything we don't understand about money plus everything we don't know about computer sciences and Today, my guest is one of the rare people on this planet who really is an expert in investing and he has a degree in computer science. In fact, he wrote an article called Intrusion Detection with Neural Networks, which has over 700 Google Scholar citations. So we might learn some stuff. He's also the founder and CIO of crypto hedge fund Tradecraft Capital and he's the author of an amazing book, Called Crypto Assets: Investing in the Age of Autonomy, which is a very practical book that uh, was one of the best books that I have read last month. Welcome, everybody! Jake Ryan.
0: Thank you. Thanks to be here.
1: So cool to have you here. And tell us, what are you currently creating?
0: Yeah, well, right now I'm creating some software inside my fund. So. I run an investment fund and I take in investors and, uh, and I'm out there investing in the liquid crypto markets. And so one thing I do uh, is I build custom software, custom proprietary software that we use inside the fund to help us analyze the crypto markets and to help us make determinations on how we should invest, uh, how we should express our uh, thinking inside the markets. And so lately I've been working on that software a lot because we've just upgraded the software. And so I've been working on on that a lot.
1: Cool. And I have to plug your book, Crypto Assets Investing in the Age of Autonomy, because I've read five books about crypto in in January and yours was by far the most practical and the most, it says basically, people, these are the asset classes. This is how you build a a portfolio Um, in in general. This is how you select your assets, and this is how you create a system out of it. Um, Because, do do I understand it correctly in your philosophy, becoming a good investor is something that takes time, and it should be a system of decision-making?
0: Yeah, exactly. So um, when you first start investing, a lot of times emotions, will 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 drag you into action and a lot of times you'll act when you're greedy and you'll buy and I mean you'll sell I'm sorry you'll buy instead of sell and sometimes you'll be fearful and you'll sell instead of buy and so one of the things to become a good consistent investor to generate you know good returns over time reliably is to build systems because you're you're removing emotion from the from the whole process and usually emotion is what gets you into trouble um and so yeah so i helped build systems to evaluate you know w- you know what does the landscape really look like and then i adjust a portfolio based on that and i'm just using systems so that uh all my emotion is removed you know from the decision making and implementation process so yeah and uh, i love yeah i love that you like the book that's really great we um it was really important in my opinion to be a really good innovation style investor you, you've got to have a conviction right if, if you're not really convicted in what you yourself in your what you're uh, investing in then you just don't know you, you might easily sell when you shouldn't or something like that and so the book helps um just lay out a foundation for why we're in the next long wave economic cycle some of us who are like gen x you know they remember the 90s they remember the internet and there's a lot of similarities between what's going on now and what what's go- what went on then so um, if, the book kind of takes you through the idea of this next long wave economic cycle. We put a name to it. We kind of describe and distinguish why and what it is, and then we kind of tell about the past uh, uh, long wave cycles that we've had, so that we can kind of relate some of the past to explain the history the, the future.
1: What are in so in your book? I learned also that everything is waves, long waves mid-long mid waves, short waves, but everything comes and goes in waves. Is it the same as S-curves? What is a wave?
0: Yeah. Um, anytime you have human behavior, you're going to have a wave. Okay. So if you have human behavior in the form of credit inside an economy, you're going to have an economic cycle. If you're going to have credit inside your money system, you're going to have a money cycle. If you're, you know, if you're going to have an economy and it has people operating in it, then you're going to have an economic cycle. So uh, cycles come become because of psychological human behavior. Um, you know, and a lot of times when there's credit, because uh, credits create waves, human, human uh, behavior create waves. So that, that's why.
1: And right now, which waves are shaping the crypto market
0: most? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, we have several types of waves right now. um, We have a short wave credit cycle. Credit cycles are those, you know, 10 year cycles. Uh, You see central banks and the Fed raise and lower interest rates. And when they do that, it has an effect on the economy. Then the economy has um, a growth number that happens. uh, And then that growth number plus the inflation number plus interest rates kind of set how an economy does, then central banks, you know, change interest rates and that cycle goes for about 10 years. The second one is the long wave economic cycle that we're currently experiencing. Um, I assert we've had evidence of it going on for about a decade, uh, in the form of artificial intelligence, you know, AI, um, IOT in the form of sensors and robotics, um, delivering on automation. And that's been powerful. Um, you know, it's been profitable, but it really hasn't transformed how businesses operate. Um, the last piece of that puzzle is crypto because it allows us to you know, store, process, and transfer economic value without human intervention. And so as these technologies converge, we're able to build autonomous operations or autonomy. And autonomy is very powerful. Um, businesses that do not have autonomous operations they simply won't be able to compete with those that do because autonomy really is the ultimate competitive advantage and so it's going to transform how we do business uh, you can think of the age of the industrial age it pulled everybody out of the farms and into cities to work in factories that was a huge change you know during the internet we were able to speak to anybody globally and we built big disintermediation companies like Uber and Google and Facebook and Airbnb. And they're all two sided markets that um, you know, that they, that the entire world and how it operates has ch- transformed. Well, we are going through a new cycle that um, you know, what was powerful about the Internet is that you could send a file, you know, a piece of content to three billion people for free. Right. You could you could communicate with the world for near free. free. That's amazing. That's what happened with the Internet. Well, what's what's happening now is we're able to put actual value inside a digital file and now the file is valuable. Okay, we never had digital scarcity or natural scarcity in the digital format before. We never had that before. Now that we have actual value in a file that we can transfer around the world, what is possible now out of that? we have legal contracts in the form of what will we write them down on paper. And then if it gets really, really bad, we sue each other in the form of a lawsuit and we take either, we negotiate it out or we take years and go through the law, the legal system to get a determination. Well, now we're starting out really, really small, but we're able to program legal contracts or program economic contracts such that in, uh, human intervention isn't needed for that, that, little, that little contract. Now we don't have big, uh, complicated business contracts in smart contracts yet, but we've got these little ideas of like invoicing or you know, many other little ideas that we're able to do, You know, send, send money or send economic value if something happens. And so that's transformational and the whole world is gonna be really transforming over the next four decades.
1: That's the, the age of, of autonomy that you describe. It's not just the autonomy that we can own assets. It's really autonomy in terms of uh, operations and um, economic value exchange that happens without humans, right? Do so you have an example?
0: Yeah, So like, um, so what's happening inside the age of autonomy is digitization, okay? So if you think about how the old way worked in the internet age, you would go up on a website like amazon and you would order something and it would come to your door or something like that and the whole process of that was getting um humans to use digital things and then something would happen inside that digital thing and you'd get some economic value back in the real world what's happening now in this one is digitization And what you've seen is, and what happens in digitization is that we try to get the entire world and explain it inside software, and then spit that back in the software to have some sort of thing happen in the real world. Okay, what are you talking about? Okay, well, if you think about Uber, it has systems that pull in the entire universe in forms of geological maps, and then uses those maps with AI to figure out where drivers and customers are and figure out the optimal route and figure out where to have a car show up and then a user use the car and then a credit card is transacted and then people leave, okay? That's what's happening right now. What we're going to, we're gonna disintermediate Uber, okay? We're gonna have smart contracts and just um, DAOs and software that does everything that uber does but without a company we're going to do that inside smart contracts inside crypto inside these things called distributed autonomous organizations this is how we're going to come together and gather gather as humans inside this you know digitized world and so how we operate is going to fundamentally change over the next four decades
1: and so the smart companies will tap into that, and and like like an like an energy source, like having forty thousand employees, but there is no employee there; it's just the software.
0: There'll and- still be employees. The, the employees will still work. There may be less, or we may uh, we may come together and co- come apart differently. We're still going to have humans, and you know, obviously. Um, still going to participate we're just going to participate in the world completely differently it's just going to transform how we do business
1: some some people say daos are the future other people say you need somebody leading otherwise nothing will come out of it what's what's your observation of the nascent dao world
0: yeah i mean both are true Um, daos are the future and that's how we're going to organize and you need a human to do leadership right it's not like you know, but it's just going to change a little bit over time. In the beginning of the age of autonomy, we're going to need more and more participation inside a DAO to get anything done over time. We're going to have more things mechanized and autonomous and less need for humans to intervene, but that just gives uh, us as human beings and more capacity to do other things, less rote tasks. You know um just because we don't use a spoon or a shovel to move dirt to create to you know make a road that doesn't mean humans aren't um fully expressed in the world and doing economic transactions in the world it's just that we've had innovation and technology enough that we've got you know big bulldozers and big whatever technology to, to help advance that and so um you know that'll affect in the beginning maybe it destroys jobs in the beginning. But overall, over time, we're going to create more economic output, more productivity. People are going to be more expressed. um, The poor are going to have a much better, you know, what we consider poor is still going to be much, much better than it was, you know, 50 years ago. Um, It's just change. And that's just how it happens.
1: I'm so curious, which books actually inspire you after one word from our sponsors? Hey, if you like the tools, go grab them for free at strategysprits.com slash tools. So uh, authors are also uh, readers. Are there books that inspired you recently?
0: Absolutely. Um, I can think of three books over time that have been very, very instrumental. And then I can try to think of, of some uh, ones of late. So in the world of crypto, I think you know two or three of the most important books were um, for me. The Little Bitcoin Book by Jimmy Song et al. Um, it's about a seventy-three page book, super small, um, called The Little Book of Bitcoin. Super interesting. Um, the, lately, um, one called The Fourth Turning. It came out probably in the late nineties, and really explains what's going on, uh, and that there's a hundred year cycle and we're in the fourth turning of that 100 year cycle very interesting came out in the 90s uh late 90s maybe 2000 um and then um carlita perez's book um you know technological revolutions and financial capital um that was a big influence and some work that a body of work that i built my book you know on top of her economic work which was built on joseph schumpeter and Nicholas Kondratiev, who were economists back in the, you know, 1920s and thirties. So her book came out in like 99, 2000. So, um, and then rich dad, poor dad. And, um, what are some of the other books like, uh, anti-fragile by Taleb and, um, the Fiat standard. I don't know if you've read, uh, safe Amos's latest book, the the Fiat standard, um, stealing fire, um, by Kotler. Um, so yeah, a lot of books.
1: Wow, and I've seen somewhere some some numbers of your um, of your work of your impact, the portfolios that you manage. What was the number of last year? You did over four hundred percent, four hundred something percent growth. Is that correct?
0: Uh, in size, yes. Uh, we did uh, we did about one hundred and thirty three point one percent in performance in twenty twenty one and. So that'd be Bitcoin like 120%, something like that.
1: Yeah. And so when you're, in in our community right now, people are discussing, oh my God, segment rotation, risk off, risk off, value, value, not growth, value, not growth, commodities, uh, diversification. And other people say, come on people, let's look at on-chain, look at tech, look at adoption, let's stay with our conviction, all crypto. What's your perspective?
0: Yeah, so I think, uh, you know, investment, all investors should have many asset classes and a diversified portfolio. Um, I think in terms of the crypto markets, there's Bitcoin and everything else. I think, generally speaking, you know, we are creating in the age of autonomy. We're creating two types of value. We're creating monetary value and we're creating utility value. Monetary value doesn't get created very often. Maybe five, six times in history, in human history, have we created monetary value? Um, we are taking and creating monetary value in the form of cryptocurrencies, and most specifically, and mostly, Bitcoin. Bitcoin is mostly the one creating new monetary value. Then there's everything else creating utility value, like Ethereum and others. You know, everything else is creating utility and uh, and utility value, and That's going to be more risk on that's going to have to do with productivity. That is investment or speculation into future productivity. And it's going to correlate more with like risk on assets like equities. So you're going to want to have a total portfolio. And I think you're going to want to have commodities and bonds and stocks. But because crypto is in a certain part of its adoption curve, if you've read enough books and you know what you're doing enough and you know how to handle your emotions and conviction—you know—it it makes sense to have a lot in crypto because you know, if you have a longer time horizon and you know what's going on and you have the conviction, then it makes more sense to have a lot more crypto because uh, it's so perfect in its adoption curve. The rate of change of 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 users is is going up. Not only is the number of users adopting crypto going up but the rate of change because of where we're at in that s curve is also going up so um it does make sense to have a lot exposed to crypto but you need to know why and and what you're doing
1: regulatory risks the sec is now looking at everything non-bitcoin bitcoin Bitcoin seems to be um, what, uh, what do they call it it's not property it's it's property and a commodity,
0: it's, it's commodity. It will probably be a, the CFT, it's, it's considered kind of like gold or something like that. It's considered a commodity.
1: So check, but everything else is SEC territory. And they said, okay, 6,000. Ethereum.
0: Ethereum is is a commodity as well. Is it? Yeah.
1: So Ethereum and Bitcoin are the safest uh, right now. Not risk.
0: I'm not a lawyer or a regulator, but yeah. My opinion, hypothetically, would be that, yeah, Bitcoin and Ethereum would be considered commodities. Everything else has some regulatory risk. I think the area, if you're generating interest like BlockFi or like DeFi, you may have some regulatory risk. And if you're a governance token, you may have some regulatory risk. Uh, And if you use an NFT in a way that you um, disseminate income. Like you say, if you hold this unique, you know, NFT, then you're um, able to have uh, the rights to income. Then that could potentially look as a security. Um, but everything else, you know, pretty much isn't a security. I mean, if you have a, a, a token and it's doing something for a distributed, decentralized network, for the most part, you don't have much regulatory risk. In my and- opinion, hypothetically.
1: Yeah, thank you. And one example that um, has caught my attention right now is Terra Luna as an example of something that was under scrutiny. Um, I think Don Quan had had, was even subpoenaed, and then he said, "Well, you know, I'm not in the U.S. I'm I'm in Singapore, and I'm a Korean, so you you can't touch me right now. And if you continue, I might just." Dissolve the company, so there is no central part anymore, and just go fully decentralized software. Then, basically, we are untouchable. Um, what? What do you? Is it possible? They just they just decentralize it, and then it's it's a real autonomous entity. What's your take on this? Do we have examples in history of this?
0: Yeah, that's right. This is new. This has never been happened before. But there's nothing in past regulations if you don't have a company you know you become a decentralized organis- autonomous organizations and nobody in that dao is a us citizen then i don't see how there is any regulate there is no regulatory body under which that that would have purview to my to, to my knowledge and so that's again why in the age of autonomy it's going to completely transform how we do business because if companies have regulatory risks why would you have a company you know the ultimate thing you learn from all these books is that you want to have a hundred percent control and no ownership you know you don't want any you want all the good you want all the money all the assets you want none of the tap, none of the bad, you want none of the taxes, none of the liability. That's effectively what the world has created in its um, in its um, efforts to create law and to have rule of law and to have countries that are run by rules. Generally speaking, that whole incentive system has created such that the, you know, you want to have the most control and the least amount of ownership because ownership automatically gives you rights and responsibilities and you want all the rights and you want none of the responsibilities. I mean, that's just the, that's the, what's so of it. And so Please. that, that, that pulls us to then want to create, um, um, you know, human organized, Um, organizations and, and to organize in such a way that we're not companies, we're DAOs. That's not, you know, there's no legal thing of that yet. There may be in the future, you know, but it's a new thing.
1: Fascinating. Thank you for sharing this. And so everybody go get his book. It's Crypto Assets, Investing in the Age of Autonomy. The author is Jake Ryan, and it's really such a good practical book. We cannot cover that in half an hour but you see how deep the topic and how relevant this is. And it's a really practical book. Um, Jake, who should be my next guest?
0: Yeah. Um, who should be your next guest? Well, I don't know, maybe, uh, you want somebody in crypto? You name it. Maybe, maybe Tom Shaughnessy of, uh, Delphi digital. He runs a podcast. He's a very interesting guy. Um, I don't know. Try him. I
1: love Delphi Digital. I get I get their newsletter. These beautiful data visualizations that they do. Great,
0: amazing. Their subscription, stuff. their their service. It's really great. He's very smart. I bet he be, I bet he'd be an interesting guest.
1: I love this. And if if people wanna find you, where do you hang out? Where then yeah. can they find you?
0: So on Twitter, I'm at TradeCraft Jake. If you want to know anything more, I would go to ageofautonomy.com. There you can get my book, my written or my audio book. You can get my podcast, which is the Age of Autonomy podcast, where we walk through each chapter of the book in an episode. Or you can get my weekly newsletter, my Substack, which you can get at ageofautonomy.com or sub. Yeah. Just go to ageofautonomy.com and look for the uh, Substack or the newsletter. You can sign up.
1: Thank you so much, Jake, for being here, sharing your knowledge, your wisdom with us. And please come back soon.
0: Thanks so much. Take care.
1: Avoid trying to do thousands of things that doesn't work. We have 274 templates for your business success. Reach your ambitious goals with one-on-one Sprint Coach. We double your revenue in 90 days.